Yeah. No, that's, oh, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. Uh, we're going to begin all of our blue yonders with some duets. Yeah, that should be. Do should yonder. Do duo yonder. Do what yonder. Do not want yonder. Do not want yonder. You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Welcome to episode I don't fucking know because this is evergreen content. We've got this one in the barrel. This barrel. Is ju- barrel juice. Barrel. This is probably way at the bottom and we're having to scrape for it. Yeah. So don't go, don't get your hopes up. Well, we got tired of casting without a net. We need that safety net. Yeah. A barrel net. Remember we used to have four casts a in the can net. at all? We used to have four casts in the can at all times. We did. We did no longer because it took a week to produce the sons of bitches. Yeah, that's right. It took us a month to get a show out, <laughs> so we needed four. Right. Uh, we have not had a net to cast into in a long time. No, we have not. But now we do. This is it. You're hearing our net. So we are actually recording this uh, the 19th of May, uh, in the year yes. 2011 of our Lord. Is this significant in any way? But or? it might be uh, July or August. Or October, oh. or maybe December, before you hear this. Maybe it's May 19th of the next year. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually what... recording this on May 19th, so I thought that's, this was evergreen. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, I honestly have no idea what we're talking about this time. Well, we as as our want, uh, we've got some bullshit up front. Uh, we? We're going to okay. talk about. Uh, got some good feedback on the last time I did a money segment. Now, what if we've eliminated the bullshit segment by the time that we actually release this cast? Well, it'll be retro bullshit. Okay, retro bullshit. Retro shit. Um, so uh, wreck your shit. Uh, we're going to talk about some bullshit up front, and we're going to talk about the guild. Yeah, the series. Which I know is like super topical because it's been out like for five seasons now. But right. well, uh, we wanted to give it some time to ruminate, some time to. <laughs> no, we didn't. We just like uh, we recently started watching it, and we want to venture spleen about it. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the guild, and I got uh, some good feedback on the last money segment I did, uh, Geeks on Money. Yeah, and I'm gonna do another one. So what the hell? Last year, sometime when you did that segment. That's right. <laughs> uh, PSN update. No, no. Um, all right, so. First thing I want to talk about is a bullshit segment about uh, cell phones killing bees. Are you familiar with this topic at all? No, I've not heard anything about this, other than the bee killing that I do by crushing them with my cell phone. (laughs) That's a horrible, horrible idea. Um, So bees have been dying in mass quantities for the last about 20 years. Um, and, 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 And scientists have like, you know, is there some sort of new fungus um, is there some kind of disease? Is climate change responsible? Um, well, more and more scientific studies are indicating that cell phones are are the ones that are harming bees. Really? Because I've heard of this as a rumor, but well, I have not it's heard not, any confirmation. It's, it, it isn't confirmation, but they're actually starting to get to the point where kind of like global warming was 
you know, five, yeah. six years ago where, uh, you know, the growing mount of evidence was, mm-hmm. was, was growing and mounting and evidencing <laughs> that, that, evidence is getting mounted. that, cl- that, cl- that change was climating. Um, uh, yeah. So basically what they've done is they've got these studies where when they put an active cell phone by a hive, the bees buzz and exhibit like similar symptoms to what they do when they're, uh, their, their hive is on fire, oh. and they leave the hive and get disorientated and can't find their way back and die. And it also, like, completely destroys their community aspect when this stuff happens. Now, so uh, I'll just read it. It says, uh, led by researcher Daniel Favre, uh, brother Brett of Brett, Favre, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the alarming study found that bees reacted significantly to cell phones that were placed near or in hives in call-making mode. The bees sensed the signals transmitted when the phones rang and emitted heavy buzzing noise during the calls. The calls act as an extinctive warning to leave the hive, but the frequency confused the bees, causing them to fly erratically. The study found that the bees' buzzing noise increased ten times when the cell phone is ringing or making a call also known as when the signals are being transmitted, but remain normal when not in use. The signals cause the bees to become lost and disorientated. The impact has already been felt the world over as population of bees in the U.S. and the U.K. have decreased by almost half in the last 30 years, which Mm. coincides with the popularization and acceptance of cell phones as a personal device. Sure. Studies as far back as 2008 have connected the fact that bees are repelled by cell phone signals. So, here's Hmm. the thing. Bees are, I don't know if people know this, an integral part of our agriculture and the ecological system. Sure. I mean, they basically. Yeah, like like (laughs) crops can't fuck each other and reproduce without bees. Like, you would have to hire manual labor to go in there and, like, dust and and put pollen around if it wasn't for bees. I have to admit, I have stepped up my uh, flower fucking operation in in recent years. You've been deflowering all the flowers? (laughs) And reflowering. Good work, Jim. Yeah. Um, so we've got this situation where we lit, it's not an underestimate to say we need bees to survive as a civilization. Oh no, I could do without bees. We're not going to give up our cell phones. What the hell are we going to do? Um, like my first thought is, okay, why don't we build Faraday? Because a lot of beekeeping is done like professionally. We get honey from uh, them and what, why don't you build Faraday cages around them? But then how do they go out and pollinate flowers like they need to? Well, my thought was that like. Most Faraday cages, the size of the mesh mm-hmm. is dependent on the frequency of the cell phone, sure. like, like the frequency of the wave. Because yeah. waves are like, you know, you get, you can some of them are three feet high, the amplitude. Mm-hmm. So you need like a, a – you could have a, a metal mesh with foot-wide holes yeah. and would block it like, or interfere it. Yeah. And some are like ultra-high frequency or like, you know, you need like a fine mesh. Mm-hmm. I don't know where cell phones fit, but like if it's – you know, you could use like basically chicken wire. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just wrap the, the hives in that and be done with it? I say make little tiny Faraday cages for each bee. Just put it around the bee. <laughs> Encase yeah. them in metal, yeah. little metal suits. I like it. Um, bees in shining armor. Come the other thing and... I thought is um, it seems like these only are affected by cell phones that are in call mode mm-hmm. and in proximity to the hive. We'll just stop making phone calls. Let's just, just... – <laughs> Um, I don't think it could, I, don't, I don't think it's true that like cell phones like you know from hundreds of feet away or from yards away does you know hundreds of yards away would inter, in, in, impact a hive. And I gotta say I've never gone up to a beehive and made a phone call right next to it with my face next to the beehive. No, but I bet like you know maybe it's like from a quarter mile away. But I'm thinking what That's farmers could do is put beehives in the middle of their gigantic fields. Sure. Like build platforms where they actually have beehives and 
you know, uh, what do they call beekeepers? Bee husbandryists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beekeepers can go out there and like get the honey, and the farmers can have their crops pollinated and like problem solved. So we need to basically plan out our bee infrastructure. Right. Is what you're saying. And I just wonder if like bees will become like very dem- like you don't have. Uh, wild cows ro- ro- roaming around, um, or they have small feral populations like the camels, <laughs> which we talked <laughs> about a back year to ago. episode sixty four three yeah. years ago. Um, I just wonder if like bees will be can just completely be domesticated, so the wild ones sure. just don't exist. Why not? But it's funny because they've been they've been bringing over Africanized or uh, African bees because yeah. they presume to be hardier, and they interbreed them with the European bees, thinking that maybe there's some kind of genetic problem or they'd have resistance to fungus because the African bees weren't dying. Well, it turns out they die over here just as well, and this makes sense if it's the cell phones because cell phones aren't nearly as prevalent in the, as Africa. I would imagine. Uh, I mean, shit, hell, I don't if, know. if you look at the NASA light map. Fucking Africa's dark, man. <laughs> oh, oh, it's oh, gotta be. Sh- <laughs> yeah, you can't say that on the radio. <laughs> I can say it on a podcast, though. <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't say it if he went on the radio. Uh, Africa's dark, as in it doesn't have a lot of technological penetration. So I'm saying that's why the African honeybees are doing okay because sure, gotcha, yeah, no cell phone signal, or at least greatly reduced cell phone signal. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, it's interesting. I'm going to be tracking this because um, I had a high school buddy that was an amateur beekeeper, and he was talking me up about this back then. Hmm. Like, you know, there's this, like, you know, something on the East Coast, and all the bees are dying, and, like, that would destroy civilization, and blah. You couldn't have farming, blah, blah, blah. So that's <laughs> some bullshit. Killing bees. Come on, cell phones. <laughs> I'm, the I'm other not thing is, The other thing is, because isn't the – isn't the 4G phones, like, super high frequency? I mean, what are the oh, odds that – because, like, my the old Blackberries with the old crappy CDMA te- technology, if you had them within, like, six feet of a speaker, yeah, when they received yeah. the call, it's like they raped your speaker. Sure, yeah. Brutalized it. So it's like I could see how that would piss off a beehive um, if they're sensitive to that kind of stuff. But, like, the newer phones that are, like, super ultra-high frequency, I wonder if we'll just, like, invent our way out of this problem like we usually do as humans. Yeah, that's possible. I, I I can definitely see the same frequencies or the the different frequencies not affecting them in the same way. So, anyway, that uh, that is my first bullshit topic. Do you have a bullshit topic for um, our Evergreen Cast? No, I'm I'm out of bullshit. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, the second one is as our faithful listeners will remember, I have a long fascination with uh, sexy technology, like the. Uh, Xbox Connect sex games that got quashed. Uh, yes. The French kissing bowling game. Um, the latest the technology to roll down the pike to bring us uh, this much closer to real virtual sex is a robotic tongue that lets you French kiss over the internet. Oh my god. Uh, the University of Electric Communications in Tokyo, of course. Uh, of oh, course. Yeah. Did we expect any differently? Uh, uh, has the kiss transmission device. It's a motion sensing receptacle that records your tongue's movements and then sends that information to a corresponding machine in your partner's mouth. <laughs> in addition to real time smooching, the kiss transmission device can be programmed to remember specific rotations. The pre recorded information can then be accessed by multiple recipients. According to the inventor, this could be a good All way right. for celebrities to get closer to their fans. Oh, my God. So, like so it, I could French kiss Tom Cruise virtually. Or, or, or Scarlett Johansson. No, it's Tom Johansson. Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I would pick, too. Of course. 
I think I'd actually pick, uh, pick uh, Chris Hemsworth or whatever <laughs> is, is the, uh, Thor. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, He's the, all, all the rage now. <laughs> the university gave no word on possibility of tentacles in future models. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I There's mean, people... video of this shit in action. Oh man. God, I want to oh, see. God. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak a little on this because I I have a theory that people aren't gonna just use this for French kissing. There's there are so many more applications. How many people? Look at this! Look at this! Look at that! That guy's not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow! That looks nothing like a tongue. You'd have to attach a tongue to that. I, I gotta say, it looks like a straw. Oh, I gotta say. Uh, yeah, other applications. People oh, yeah. are going to be backing their asses up to this. Thing, oh yeah, you're right? going to be you're going to thinking you're French kissing someone. No, you're taught you're remote tossing their salad. Exactly, exactly. And then you you combine this with chat roulette, right? And you got oh, yeah, right. Wow. Like ran, randomly kissing and or tossing the salad of people on the internet. That's pretty. Pretty revolutionary, I think. Reading this article, though, I, uh, have you ever heard the term, and I, I first saw this like 10 years ago. Autofellatio. That's no. what's going to happen Even with these better. machines. Auto- can, you, can you imagine kissing oh, this? Door? Yeah. I know exactly yeah. how I want it done. Exactly. Do it. And then now. <laughs> yep, oh. yep. And just transfer it to the device on your crotch. Mind blown. Done. So not not just, Sold. Ron, not Sold. just Ron Jeremy can get in on the autofellatio. <laughs> not just Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Don't have to take out a rib anymore. Just take out a loan. Have you heard of the? This is the. This is my favorite word. Teledildonics. Oh, dude! I've invented the word teledildonics. You invented it, right? <laughs> I invented the the concept. Yeah. So, like the 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 concept, if you're not familiar, is that basically you have a machine that has a female part that you stick your yuhu in, and then on the other side or, of the or internet, vice versa. there is a male part that stimulates your females. Uh, Wahoo, and that's called teledildonics. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, uh, do you think in the future that this will be a possibility, or I think it's think, a possibility with today's technology. I'm just thinking that if we ever get to this point that there's people that are willing to do this over the internet, um, don't you think that, like, robot technology would be sufficient to where you're right, you would just, like, program a routine and just have it, you know, laid on you? I've got, some, I've got one better for you. I've got the revolution in porn websites. Okay. You, you've seen wet, the, the fucking machines websites, right? I have. The porn sites. I have. Here's what you do. You let people control the fucking machines on the website. All right. People will pay good money. Oh, like a live cam show. Exactly, but you're for... controlling the and, mechanism. And you can pay to have like 30 minute or 30 seconds worth of control over the device, perhaps. Exactly. And people queue up for that. Exactly. I'm actually surprised no one has done that. Because the technology is there. I think oh, that's yeah. a billion-dollar industry right oh, yeah. there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, edit this out and let's do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bloop. Um. Okay, I think that's enough bullshit. <laughs> sure. Uh, so complete bullshit. Since I brought all the bullshit, I'm going to let you choose which meaty topic. Do you want? Do we want to do money, or do we want to do the guild? Well, if I choose money, then it's all you again. So why don't we do the guild? Because we just got done so we're watching. Finish up all you, all me. What? Yeah, the last thing on the listeners' minds going to be all me. <laughs> until oh, until they yeah. get to my teledildonics website. You feel that? You feel that, listener? Feel that going into your ear canal? It's all me. <laughs> teledildonics at its finest. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so we just got done watching a uh, couple episodes. No, we, we didn't get done. We like we left halfway through the middle of season three. <laughs> all right, but uh, but anyway, we we're just, up in arms, Jim and I. Jim and I. Jim and I. Uh, I've 
I've watched it in the past. I watched seasons uh-huh. one and two and yeah. a little bit of season three. I saw the first couple that we watched just mm-hmm. now. Um, and this thing had been so hyped to me. Yeah. That I was expecting greatness. Oh, yeah. I was expecting Plus, the second coming of Will Wheaton. <laughs> I like Felicia Day. I liked Felicia Day and Dr. Horror. I like Will Wheaton in general. And just He's got everything. a lot of goodwill. Uh, <laughs> no <hunting>. pun intended. <laughs> Um, he, Terrible. No. So and I didn't know anybody else. And I know that a lot of the people that did The Legend of Neil, which I really like. Mm, I haven't seen that. Uh, maybe we watch that afterwards. All right. um, I really like that or involved. And I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be, you know, pretty good. Okay. It's not. It's not. It's te- it's actually terrible, in my opinion. It is pretty bad. Um, <laughs> it's there... well made. I mean, the picture quality. Not and... at the beginning. No, the, yeah, right. The first season's really poorly made, actually. Uh, season three, it's definitely well made. What do you think? It's just because we're not WoW fans that we just like are repulsed by. Because like a lot of the stuff uh-huh. is played to be absurd. Like the girl that puts her kids in pet carriers while she's <laughs> and they're and they're and the kids are sobbing. Yeah, that's what made. Like if the kids were happily playing in there, I guess it wouldn't bother me so much. Nah, but their kids are me. sobbing, and like I don't find the humor in that. That's Ooh. so. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's not funny. It's pathetic. Exactly, and that's that's my real problem with it. Is these characters are such negative stereotypes of geeks in almost every single respect. There is not a redeeming quality among them um, that I feel it actually yeah, even Felicia, harms. Even Felicia Day's character. Yes, I mean she's, she's not. She's very profoundly broken as a person. Extremely, yeah. She has panic attacks. Has panic attacks. Her, is her not assertive whatsoever because she has no. I mean, she's living living an unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Every single character is like that. They all have major flaws with no redeeming qualities, as far as I can tell. It's kind of like how I stopped liking Dilbert when I felt like. You know, because they are making fun of how bad corporate America was. Sure. But I almost felt like it became a coping mechanism. Like, you're more willing mm-hmm. to put up and excuse bullshit because, oh, well, this is the way it is. With the, you know, I kind of think, I wonder if there's some of that with gamers where they look at the guild and it's like, well, at least I'm not that bad. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they're making fun of an extreme version of my real life. So that makes me feel better about it. Because I, I noticed know. that people I... that like Will, wow seem to like the guild and i don't understand how that could possibly be because if anybody should hate it it's them because all it's doing is making fun of you uh i i don't know that that's true because felicia day is a committed wower so it's like i don't think they're making fun i think they're how is it not making fun of you i think they think that it's absurd it's so far out there that it's absurd like, like the, this guy's not only like the the grown man's not only. But living I know in his people house. like this is the problem. I know. I yeah. have met these people. Yeah, yeah. In real fucking life, I've met people that have ignore their loved ones. This is not their a joke. Children uh, that have lost jobs. Yes. Have lost yes. relationships. Have destroyed their health. <laughs> it, it, it just that anyone could laugh at. Someone sticking their kids into pet carriers while they played a fucking video game. Or leave them in a store. Yeah. Unsupervised while they go to another store. That just blows my mind. Yeah. And and it might be funny if I hadn't seen that in real life. Hmm. I I don't know that I've seen anything that extreme. 
but you could picture the extremeness yeah. you have seen and, leading and to And again, that. people that are in that situation not as extreme might be more inclined to be like, oh, well, it's okay because it's, you know, the guilds making fun I guess. of it. But uh, legitimately, I don't think any of these people can act either. Like, mm-hmm. I think Felicia Day did good in Doctor Horrible, but in this, there's a lot of quick cuts, and I feel like that kind of makes up for her not being able to carry an entire three-minute dialogue into a camera, you know? No, that might be. I, yeah. I feel like it's partially stylistic, but partially that style is based on her inability to carry that forever. Hmm, interesting. Um, and then and then every single person is delivering lines like they're reading it from a script. Right. Every yeah. single one, except Will Wheaton is pretty good. And yeah. some of his crew, I funny. think, are he's, funny. He's a di- and he's a massive dick, <laughs> He's too, a total which dick, Which is yeah. also always cool to see him. I think Dick Will Wheaton... Is the way to get take your Wheaton. Like Will Wheaton's at his best okay. when he unleashes his dark side. Yeah, I mean yeah, on on, sure. on uh, I want to say Thirty Rock, but not Thirty Rock. Uh, or Third Rock from the Sun. Um, on uh, God damn it, uh, Universe Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. Dick Will Wheaton, classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk well, about. I want to compare it, yeah, because we were talking. Let's talk about because we're talking about heavy nerd stereotypes mm-hmm. in both series. Yeah. Why do you think that the nerd stereotypes in the guild are destructive and unappealing, where the nerd stereotypes in the Big Bang Theory, we've kind of talked about this before, how we mm-hmm. are cool with? Um, I've, I've never been totally cool with it. Really? With, with the Big Bang Theory. I think it's exploitative of geeks. Okay. I, um, I think the characters are more interesting, more layered, and funnier because – they're not totally irredeemable people. They are not just negative stereotypes. There's a lot of positive in even Sheldon. Yeah. Even Sheldon with Asperger's and normally a dick to everyone he knows. Right. He has redeeming qualities. Right. Um, what's his face? The main guy has tons of redeeming qualities. He's right. a constant nice guy. Right, right, right. I could see being friends with that guy. I cannot see being friends with anybody yeah. from the guild. Yeah. No one. Except for maybe Will. <laughs> we hang around with But he's a huge dick in the show, right? Yeah, like, true. I'd hang around with him because he's Will Wheaton. But... but he's also a dick to these people. Like, <laughs> sure, you know yeah. what I mean? They, they, don't have, they, they are not calling out for, like, self-respect. Sure. So like, yeah. I can see being, a, you know. But that's the, the fundamental difference, I think. See, now, and, and step back, everybody. Warning. Uh, white guy's about to get racial. Oh. Um, you know, in the beginning of the movie and, like, vaudeville scene, uh black actors were not allowed to be in it to the extent that they actually had white people in blackface yeah. do horrible offensive racial stereotypes in lieu of actually paying black people to do that. Yeah. But the very the I guess what you'd call kind of like pioneers were like the step and fetch it um you know Ex- explain to me what that is because I don't I don't know I don't either know. except for it's supposed to be like Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> Jar Jar, but like, like they're a black person. It's like basically a black person doing blackface, only they're a real black person. So they're still doing this oh mammy, mammy stereotype yeah, yeah, stuff, sure. but it's actually a black actor doing it, which I get, you know, could be seen as a step up for than a white person doing blackface doing it. But it's still, <laughs> I guess, it's still offensive. Yeah, but. right. But these guys are earning a check and breaking. I mean, if it wasn't for them, uh, yeah. they they cracked open. 
the, the, the path for African-American actors to be in Hollywood. Not for them. We would not have Will Smith or Denzel Washington. But, you know, obviously, you know, modern blacks look back at that and like, Jesus Christ, what were they sure. thinking? They were sellouts. Yeah. They were, you know, kind of like betraying the race. And then you also had like the 70s exploitation films mm-hmm. where it, it, it like put uh, blacks in starring roles, but kind of like, you know, in um, – Things that would appeal to popular culture and, you know, so I I just wonder, like, are we as as this geek exploitation that, you know, Mm -hmm. to have geeks transfer, um, you know, as we become part of the larger popular culture Mm -hmm. and as we gain kind of power and prominence, we've talked about this several times in the cast, State of the Geek, as we uh, climb this ladder, is this a natural evolution to where our stereotypes you know, our negative core things that we hate about each other, they're actually being played for laughs, and that's cracking the door open for greater societal acceptance of geeks. That's where I was going with all this. Okay, well, I I think you're right. Um, I think that's definitely happening. See, the, the interesting thing is I think it's happening after the general population is starting to accept geeks. Uh-huh. Like, I think we don't even necessarily need a, a geek exploitation era. At this point, well, it's been a while because like, go back people, to Revenge I know, of the Nerds. I, guess. I mean, go back to Revenge. We've had this geek exploitation and like uh, what's sure, that? yeah, that's and a good weird point. science and uh, what was it called? Was that Real Genius with Val Kilmer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so it's like you've you've kind of had this build up, and you had it's like you needed really offensive, flaming homosexual stereotypes in films before you could make a Will and Grace, and before mm-hmm. you could make a Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Um, to get that culture acceptance, so maybe you need really horrible nerd stereotypes. Well, we had it right, like you're saying. With and the other thing is, and... there is some basis in fact. I mean, God, sure, damn. a lot of those people I've met in real life. Like you, you go said. to Gen Con and you go to PAX and you go to some of these conventions, the Star Trek convention, and it really makes you weep for humanity sometimes. How like they're so awkward and repressed in real life that when they get in an environment where they're not like judged and stuff, like some really bizarre, freaky shit comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe that's good. I'm just saying it's like, I, I ain't down with it. <laughs> I, I, man, I have a hard, they're, they're, a hard they're, time saying that's a good thing. Yeah. Because there, there's a social level that you need to live up to, in my opinion. Like bathing, none, using soap every day. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about an interaction with people. Um, oh, no. Yeah, right. There, There's a, a base social level where you have to be able to connect with someone that, who is not exactly like you. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like... None of the people – I mean, it's it's manifest in the show. None of those people in the guild can ever connect with anyone outside of their social group. Well, let me ask you this. They just don't do it. They can't. You, you watch, like, alpha males or, like, businessmen or whatever get together at business conventions, and mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, the very first fucking thing somebody will say is about sports. Okay. So they um, – I, I, I just, like – that's socially acceptable. Like, I've always thought it's like, you know, people make fun of nerd for dressing up to go to sci-fi conventions, but guys can strip, strip down to the waist in okay. sub-zero weather and paint their whole bodies green and yellow <laughs> and be totally like one of the dudes. That's That, to me, is not acceptable either. That's the other extreme. No, but I mean, like, I, if society up, accepts that. No, I don't accept it. Well, I, but you're, you're, the, you're a nerd. Well, no, you're not a nerd. You're I, a geek, though. I'm, I, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. The fact that I can get on... To a microphone and podcast to the entire world puts me more towards the normal 
part of society, okay. in my opinion, on the, right. on the geek stratosphere, like right. on the geek uh, spectrum here. Right. I'm yeah. more towards normal than I like, anybody uh, on the guild. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to talk about. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. The, the fact that I can even comprehend doing this. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you put nerds together, start quoting fucking uh, Monty Python. And sure, you get sure. non-nerds together, they start talking sports. Or women start talking clothes, or yeah, and that's fine. Celebrities. I mean, everyone's got their damn social crutches. Sure. Some of them are labeled acceptable, and some of them aren't. But I don't have a problem with that as long as, like, if you understand the group that you're in. Okay. okay. Let's say I'm with all my nerd buddies, and I want to quote lines from Star Wars and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to alpha male business convention yeah. and start quoting lines from Star Wars because I know I understand that that is not acceptable there. Right. If if you don't have that base level of social <laughs> comprehension, you are a freak, in my opinion. Yeah, but you seem to be advocating extreme extreme social stratification because basically the alpha males will never talk to the geeks because they have nothing no, in common and vice no. versa. Because you have to meet these people in real life, right? See, my thought is I, I try uh, as a integrated human being, uh, I try to cultivate whoa, cultivate that was bad. loud I noises, cultivate loud <laughs> loud noises. Um, I, I try to cultivate interests that appeal to everybody. So it's like I sure. kind of I, – I like football, but I don't like any other sports. But I follow mm-hmm. them enough to – when someone has a conversation that I at least know what the hell they're talking about. Just like I keep mm-hmm. up reasonably well in pop culture and I pay attention to politics and stuff like that because I think it's important as a well-rounded person to know what the hell is going on in the world around you. And I think there's opposite – like you know, there's a lot of people that are the business guys, the alpha males, the normals. They have no idea what's going on in the geek culture, and sure. and and uh, geeks have no idea what's going on in, I guess, real world. So it's like where <laughs> – when those two okay. meet, what are you advocating? So it's like, okay, you want a nerd that all he does is sit around and watch anime and play video games and, you know, uh, play board games and stuff like that. When he goes out in public and meets somebody that he wants to start a conversation with, what's he going to talk about? He He is going to learn from people and educate people. Okay, so what, the I, hell, what does I'm, that I'm look like? I'm saying there, there's an information interchange here when two different cultures can meet, right? Yeah. Like if I go to roll into a sports bar and I'm with, like, some friends or or I meet somebody who I don't, like, have a geek connection with. Right. They're, they're all about sports. Like, I'm I'm cool enough that I can ask them, like, questions about sports and not, like, be a total nerd and just say, nah, I don't like sports. Sports are bullshit. Right. Like well, and I think that that goes, that's the difference. That comes in the other direction from the like quote unquote normals, which I hate. But you know the the non geek population, yeah, they kind of tend to be like, ah, what a nerd talk. Uh, stop with your nerd talk. Um, I guess it's sure, if, if you're I, the I, I think I feel real strong if it's you're the minority mm-hmm. that it's behooving it's 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 up to you to yeah. gain society acceptance. You can't demand sure. the majority to be like I'm different. You have to accept me. You have to make. I'm not saying you have to change the way you live, but you have to be acknowledging the fact that what you are is an alien presence, and people are, you know, biologically, yeah. it's easy to tri- uh, tri- uh, trip our us versus them mm-hmm. mentality. And I don't care if you're a minority racially, sexually, uh, pop culturally, you have an obligation to kind of, you know, you can't demand acceptance. Yeah, you can. It doesn't, but, but it doesn't no really one's going to give it well. to you. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I and I think that's the the fundamental thing here is you have to have that awareness. Yeah, and it's usually you have to be the one that starts the dialogue. I mean, you can't just sit back and accept inequality either, but you have to start a dialogue sure. with the people that you want yeah. acceptance from. And I feel like none of the characters on the guild are even remotely capable of having that dialogue or that awareness that they even need to have the dialogue. Yeah, I, I, and the I other feel thing is it's just they're not, just hopeless. And again, I don't know if it's because I'm not like uh, I don't like WoW or any. It's it was like till midway till season three till I really chuckled. Yeah, yeah. The first two seasons, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening yeah. on my television. <laughs> yeah, right, right. This is an abortion. So, but geeks like like it. Why do you um, do you have any theories? I about... don't get it. I I really don't understand why they like the show. Um, Felicia Day is another another topic we need to discuss. Okay. Felicia Day in this general. This could be dangerous. This could be dangerous. Um, because I actually compared my girlfriend at one point to Felicia Day, who at this point, like after seeing Felicia Day a little bit uh, closer, uh-huh. my girlfriend is way more attractive. Yeah, I and, thought and so. That, and that is the problem with Felicia Day, right? And this, right. And this nerd love of Felicia Day right. is that if I can have a girlfriend more attractive than the girl that everybody loves – right. She probably She's not that a, attractive. She probably shouldn't be a geek sex symbol. I should never have a girlfriend more attractive than someone in the media. I mean, I think, I think Felicia Day is attractive. Um, she, I, I obviously elected to have her on my geek sexy women cat. But I think but, it's like but she had narps and yeah, she had like massive. She narps. had massive narps. And I think that's the thing. It's like it's a novel. That's the other bullshit thing. The fact that I think the fact that girls. Um, it being novelty that they're in the games yeah. is blown wide open at this point. If you're a woman, I really hope so. If you're a woman and you're like under the age of 26 and you don't have any interest in video games, you are missing out. Yeah. It's yeah. basically like saying you don't have any interest in movies or music or yeah. You know, I mean, they're not making many of your model. They're not rolling them <laughs> off the assembly line anymore. Because you go to yeah. PAX, damn, it's like I, I how what do you think the uh, because I, I would say it's like four to one, maybe, which is pretty high. Uh, at least, at least, I yeah. Mean, a lot. So, and they're not like they're not like guy, guys dragging their girlfriends, and they're obviously bored and they hate being there. I mean, they're into it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I feel like PAX is a little bit more of a normal crowd. Than yeah, well, like Gen, say your Gen Cons. Or Gen your Con, you've got basically anime a bunch of fucking nerds or... and some girls cosplaying. Yeah. Um, but there's not nearly as much of a mix there. Sure, I feel like you get a more natural mix of packs, but Gen still Con's skewed. Geekier. It, it is definitely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you're definitely missing out because basically, if you have even a hint of attractiveness, uh, everyone's gonna go gaga for you in the nerd world. Yeah, we've often joked about that. The fact that I, I don't know if it's the, the nerd world only because I've told the story about my friend uh, Leslie, right? Uh, you may have. Uh, okay, so she um, she's actually has a friend that's a semi-famous musician okay. and who's toured in Europe and who's got albums and things. And The Beatles. No. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> semi-famous. Uh, Green Day. You might have heard of them. Okay. Anyway, she just – she um, just fucking around one day and uh, he invited her to the studio um, to do an ELP track with him. And she created this persona called uh, White Gold Princess. And she's right. she's an attractive woman, and she rapped, and she made this like really hypersexual lyrics, mm-hmm. and it like just tore up the internet. 
Like you can search for her track, and there's like you know there's like dance studios doing dances to it. It's in the Whoa. it's in the it's in several it's been in a couple movies. Like really, there's a Queen Latifah movie that came out with <laughs> okay. Common, the one with Common and Queen Latifah in it. That's that track is in that fucking movie. Huh. And like the, her her guy friend is the the. Uh, respect musician is like, damn, I wish I was a white girl with a nice ass. Yeah. Because right. I would be fucking taking over the world right now. Yeah. So it's like, e- attractive women have a leg up in every game. Easily. Yeah. Like, if they have, uh, they, they will, oh, if they're a mediocre talent, but they're attractive woman, they're going to, de- they're going to out popular and attract a, a less attractive superior male talent. Now, see, this, this is an interesting topic as well because what happens when the balance of power shifts? You've got more women running the world because I think right now we still have more men oh, in yeah, positions of power. Society. So, so the, the the attractive female whatever is more desired. What happens when it flip flops? I don't know if it ever will. Really? Okay. Um, I and I think I mean this goes back to like I think uh, once they stockpile f- enough sperm, we're out. We're done. Probably. <laughs> um, but that's things like I don't think it's true that women like sex less than men. Mm-hmm. But it's um, – I think that there's something in the av- – so the average woman um, is not as upfront and aggressive as the average man. So they are used to fending off rather than going after. How did we get to this? How did, how did we spiral down to I this hole? I don't know. I don't know. You're the one that started it. Well, we're it. talking about Felicia Day and how she's just not as attractive as people think she is. Well, you said when's the fl- script going to flip, and I'm saying I don't think it will. I think there's something genetic in what's the difference between masculine and feminine people. Okay, well – Regardless of what we think on that, we should probably get back on yes, topic. Yes, agreed. We're diverging way off. Um, okay. Bring us back then, So Captain. I brought us back. I said I I don't see where Felicia Day is nearly as attractive as people are giving her credit for. I think all the love uh, she's getting is coming her just from her, narps. from her narps. The fact that she is a geek who is mildly attractive. Yep. And I and I emphasize mildly because she's not that attractive. Right. And And we were actually looking at... All the girls on the show, there's uh, not a lot of watching. Yeah. Most of them are unattractive. Right. <laughs> there's, like, there's like, like one, one or two that specifically said is hot, and she's not. She's the blonde girl. That's... Yeah, the the one in the in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. the wheelchair one. Yep. Um, and not, not her hotness has nothing to do or lack of there is the wheelchair. I no. like she just woo. She's not attractive. She's a fat girl waiting to happen too. I can tell by her <laughs> bone structure. Just waiting. <laughs> Wait, oh. a couple extra cheeseburgers, she's done. Oh. Done. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're fat, Dar. Yeah. It's like the radar version of fat is, is working there, Jim. Hell, yeah. That's horribly inoffensive. offensive. Her horribly horribly inoffensive. inoffensive. Horribly offensive. <laughs> I'm shocked. Shocked, Jim. Well, if she wants to write in and complain, be my guest. <laughs> Blue Yonder at baldmove.com. Yeah. Um, so are we done venting our spleen on the guild? I'm done venting, but I I really want to hear feedback on this. I would like, like to hear us... if you are a big guild fan, yeah. and obviously there are. They're they're out there. Um we wanna know what is it? What are we missing here? Yeah. Is it just the fact that you like the novelty of a reasonably well done web series with an attractive woman on a topic that you care about? Do you actually find it funny? What is it that you find funny? Does it? Does, yeah. Have you ever seen things that bother you? I'd like to hear all those things. Clue us in because we honestly so basically, have no Peter, idea. we want feedback <laughs> on this. No, I, I legitimately really want to hear from the listeners on this one. Yeah. I say that most all the of the time, time. We don't give a but, shit. Yeah, I couldn't care less what you have to say. But this time, um, this is where it's at. All right, that's all I've got on the guild. Okay. Uh, I will continue to probably watch. 
until I just cannot take anymore. Yeah, and little bits of doses. Had all I can take, and I can't stand no more. Um, so second uh, meat topic, uh, money. Uh, so last time we talked about this, uh, I talked about the fact that it seems like geeks are not as savvy with their money as even baseline normals and normal Americans are horribly bad with money. Um, I don't know why that is. See, I don't. I don't. I think get it's because that. I think it's because our toys tend to be more expensive. That is true. Yeah. So when we like, you know, when we splurge on things, it necessarily is more expensive, and we're on Just these constant treadmill cycles where, like, you sure, know, you sure. ha- you really got to get the new phone re- and re- new phone the new and the new games and the new, and goddamn computers are like money pits and yep. you know the games and all that stuff. It's all expensive, so I think we tend to. Um, but on the other hand, but would uh, you say we make more in general? I don't know. I mean, you, for every geek that's rolling in IT, you also got the guys barely making ends meet down at GameStop. That's true. That's true. But on the other thing, it doesn't take a lot to make geeks happy, which tends to be a very hand to mouth existence. Like if a geek has pizza and a video game, <laughs> yeah, and a roof over his head, he's pretty happy. He's got no. You know, doesn't need the nice fancy car. But he's not thinking about what happens when I get sick for six months, or what happens when I have yeah. to start a family, and what happens when, you know, that kind of things happen. And that's where I come in to try to, uh, <laughs> to help you out. And last <laughs> time we talked about around. savings. You know, remember ten percent for basic and fifteen you know, percent for comfort, twenty percent to escape. I talked a little bit in about your golden helicopter. Talked a little about four hundred one k's and retirement plans. Talked about how to Which, avoid. I do want to say I I. As of yesterday, started up my 401k. I had not been on that bandwagon. I want to say thank you. Step. My my future children, thank you. <laughs> my uh, 75-year-old Your wrinkly ass uh, uh, future you thanks you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and and uh, I'm proud of you. That's really a good step, and I wish that I had started. Actually, I probably did start about your age. About my age, yeah. So yeah. I wish you had started five spring, years ago. I'm no spring chicken. Um but uh, the fact is, you know, a lot of people start in the late 30s and 40s. That's you're really bummed by then. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's actually kind of fun to go and do a 401k. If you search for 401k calculator on Google, the like, yeah, yeah. top three hits will tell you this. And it's really fun to play with the numbers. Like if I start saving this much now, um, you know, how much I'm going to retire with. Anyway, um, so what happens if you don't have any savings and you are already in debt? That's what we're going to talk about now because that's most people don't start with a blank slate. They're coming in like, well, shit, Aaron. That's me. I'm already like up to my eyeballs in debt. Yeah. I don't have any savings. How do I start? Up to my cockles in debt. and I Number no one, savings. you have to get an emergency fund because what happens is oh, if, you don't have, if you don't have any savings started, the very first time like your car breaks down, you're, what are you going to do? You're going to borrow money mm. maybe from your parents, probably on a credit card or from a bank or something else. Um, you know, you got to go to the doctor. That money is going to maybe go to a pay in advance check cashing ripoff joint. You're basically fucked. If you have an emergency fund, even if it's a thousand dollars, and that's what I urge that you got to, you got to scrape together a thousand dollars. Cause once you get that, that a thousand dollars, the magic number that covers most emergencies that the average American is going to, going to be, befall them. It's going to cover blown tire. It's going to cover blown blow engines. Jobs. It's going to cover a blow job. <laughs> it's going to cover like a root canal that you might have to have. It's going to cover your your max medical de- – um, like if you have insurance, it's going to cover your max uh, out-of-pocket deductible if you're a single person. So it's, it's a good rule of thumb that like get to $1,000 as quick as you can and do that. 
I advocate like selling things. <laughs> All right. Like, like, like we talked about cutting down cable, but like, you know, if you have um, a lot of geeks have a lot of computer equipment laying around, sure. like last year's graphics card, get that shit on eBay. Maybe it's worth 50 bucks. You know, do you have a valuable comic book that you can sell for two? You know, what does yeah. that mean to you as far as financial freedom versus what does it mean to have a thousand dollars in the bank? My emergency fund is my hot body. Because <laughs> you can always take that down to the just... alley and convert it to a thousand dollars in like three years of work, and it's replenishable too. <laughs> um, it's a good natural resource. So now the other thing about once you get that thousand dollars, that is not your blow money. That is not your like well, I saved it up and I... <laughs> unless any of those things shut blow. up. Um, it's not like okay, well now I can go buy uh, a new video game system. It's not I can go take a vacation. That's your emergency fund. Yeah. So if you dip into it, it better be because it's something you have to have to either survive. It better be so an emergency. It's, it's, it's like it's 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 it, or it's to protect your income. A car payment, uh. you know, a car repair protects your income. Like that's if, an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Something else breaks, like your fucking pool table leg breaks off. Well, guess what? That's not an emergency. Yeah. If your Xbox dies, I hate to tell you, that's not an emergency. You need yeah. to you need to have a separate fund to save up for like a new Xbox if that happens because you don't want to pay credit for something that depreciates like an Xbox. Um. So when so when do you stop saving? And when can you start spending stuff that you've saved? One million dollars. No. No. Three to six months of expenses. Ooh, I don't have near that. When you have, I have a lot no, of I'm not expenses, talking because some people say income. I say three to six months of expenses, depending on how risk tolerant you are. That's when you can then to mm. take, you should always save your 10%. But once you get, you got your thousand dollars, now you've built three to six months of living expenses, then you can start spending that down to that three to six level. Whoa. So start taking your vacations then, start doing that kind of stuff. Now, when you say, like, this is a good safety net. You've got the $1,000. Yep. Plus, if you do lose your job, if your $1,000 can't save your job. Right. If you do lose it, you've got three to six months to find a new one. Yeah. And that's, that's that doesn't include, like, um, unemployment. Unemployment. Yeah. It does include severance packages. Sure. Let's and, say let's say you piss on your boss's desk and you're fired. Right. You're not getting unemployment for that. Right. Sorry. So now you've got three to six months to find a new job. Yeah. And and that's a reasonable amount of time to find a job in. Sure. But it's also not an extremely long amount of time to find a job in. No. Like that that it could take you legitimately six months to find a job. And and, and so and, it, it, yeah, go ahead. So that when you put that in perspective like that, mm-hmm. to say, if I lost my job, how long would it take me to get a new one? Mm-hmm. I need money in the meantime. Right. No matter what happens. Right. And not having that, like living paycheck to paycheck when you have legitimately tens of dollars in your bank account Mm -hmm. until your next paycheck, Mm -hmm. can you imagine what would happen if you lost your job right then and there? It would be devastating. You would be living back with your parents. Yeah. I mean, that's it, or assuming the, your parents are even alive. Assuming you have people who could take you in. You're, you're. You, I mean, that's how people become homeless in this country. Exactly. They live paycheck to paycheck, and then oh shit happens. An emergency happens, and they don't have the money for it. So you don't want to be that person. It's such an incredible amount of peace of mind if you have that kind of savings built up. And and I have to say, while I did not have a four hundred one k, I do have like several thousand just sitting in the bank for that emergency. And you're absolutely right. It is. Such great peace of mind because right. I know if worse comes to worse, I lose my job, I can really cut back on my living expenses and have multiple months right. to find a new job. And life is about fu money, like six <laughs> months. If you have six months of F-U your expenses money. cut, like if your boss makes you do something shitty, 
you can always just say, you know what, screw you, I don't need this job, and I can go find something else. Yeah. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you got to take it. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. And he – And there's like all – there's different kinds of FU money. Like a million dollars is a much louder and emphatic FU than – Three months of expenses, yeah. but still, when you when you when your boss rolls up with the mechanical tongue right. and says, "We're going to test this product right. today," on the you. other end's going in my ass. <laughs> um, you got to have FU money. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, once you get to thousand uh, dollars saved up in your emergency fund, and the choice to, to, to go to three to six months hmm. before you do that, if you're in debt at all, I consider holding at the thousand dollars and then doing a debt reduction. Plan. Really? Now, why is that? Because, because the debt is not as threatening as the prop proposition of losing your job, right? Well, but because it, it all it builds into if you have less if you're because if you got a debt you're paying on it mm-hmm. that's less in that's more monthly expenses that you have to save up for anyway. Okay. So if you shrink that debt, you don't have to save as much. And um, you know, debt is basically a mortgage against your future income. Yeah. It's money you've already mm-hmm. spent. So if you lose your job, it's even more devastating to be on, in debt because not only do you have to make the existing you know, uh, cost of living stuff, all of a sudden your labor that was paying for you – know, basically what I'm saying is you've spent years of income ahead. Yeah, so if you lose your um, job, suddenly that's a lot, much bigger deal. Well, it, it also depends on what kind of debt, right? Like uh, I, I would argue that some debt is less important to pay we'll, down we'll, than others. We'll get to that, but like I'm talking uh, auto loans, high interest credit card debt, unsecured loans, stuff like that that's costing like you know let's say eight percent and interest and higher. The mm-hmm. other thing about that is it's always getting bigger, so paying yeah. it down faster is more is actually smarter than saving money because you're going to actually save money faster mm-hmm. and be in a better financial situation by eliminating your debt. And there's a, a method that I endorse called the snowball method. And what that <laughs> means is – Snow jobs. So so what you do is you take and you pay you, – you start paying all your bills. And mm-hmm. you take the money that – once you save $1,000 minimum, you take the money you would be saving and you apply it to a particular bill. Okay. Some people say you want to pay them by descending order of interest rates. So like you got a, a credit card mm, with yeah. God help you 27% interest. You pay that off first. Yeah. I actually advocate the ascending order of balance. So you pay the one that's got the smallest principal first. To so just get rid of it. Because what happens is then you take, okay, so let's say you decided I'm going to take $100 a month mm-hmm. or maybe $50 a month extra and I'm going to pay on my smallest credit card. It's $1,000. You pay that off and let's say the minimum payment on that was like $55 a month. As soon as you pay that off, you take uh, the the $55 payment that you had mm, to make plus your $50 roll and you roll it to the next bill. Yeah. You're going to pay that off much quicker. Then you take what you were paying towards that and you roll – and that's why they call it the snowball. Gotcha. It gains speed as it uh, accumulates that. And the great <laughs> thing is when you're done to snowball, mm-hmm. you can take that entire thing and since you are not missing this money anyway, plow right in your savings account. You're going to get your three to six months like that. Yeah, that's interesting because you're actually not – it doesn't feel like you're paying any more on your credit cards. Right. Once you pay that first one off, it just feels like you're paying the fifty-five dollars yeah. or whatever and, on minimum and, and payment. And for on God's sakes, cut the credit card up when once you're done, or, <laughs> yeah. or put it into your sock drawer or something. Yeah. Um. So that's basically the two tips I had today to get your emergency fund and your, you know how much should you have in your emergency fund before you start you know saving for vacations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the other is the snowball method, which is what I'm doing and. There's a lot of ca- online calculators. If you search for snowball ca- uh, snowball debt calculator, 
you can actually put in all your debts and it'll tell you how long it'll take you to pay off depending on like if I pay $25 extra a month or $50 extra or you know let's say you don't pay any extra a month just when you pay the first one off you take that payment and build in they they can calculate all that and it's amazing how fast like it might seem like a long time like 3 years to get completely debt free yeah but at it, the end of that so fast. think think of all those that money you're going to have free at the end of at, at the end of the month that you can then blow see but between now and the time that this episode actually releases, I'm going to create a website called Snowball Debt Calculator, yeah. and it's going to be like Lemon Party or something. <laughs> so when they go to search for it, <laughs> this is not what I wanted. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw this funny image on the Internet that had a guy who was standing beside a gas sign that had like $4 gas, and uh-huh. he had this like a protester poster, like a big one, banner between two guys holding it up, and it says, tired of high gas prices, lemonparty.org. <laughs> So like all these people are like yeah I'm tired of high I'm gonna I'm gonna sign their petition they come in there and they go to lemon party that's like oh man the only thing better would have been a rickroll right <laughs> so anyway um, again the thing about money is you don't have to be I'm not a rich person Jim's not a rich person I've been doing this for like three not years yet. now and I'll be debt free this fall except for my house nice. Which, is a whole other subject, yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, if I just get this and get into an apartment, man, like I got no debts. That's awesome. I'm taking the approach of save the the fu money first, and then pay off my debts. That's and valid. I know. Well, I I know that that's not the preferred way because it's accruing interest the entire time that I'm not paying on the debt. But right? on the other hand, it gives you more peace of mind. Because paying it off does. your debts, it definitely does, and that's what I'm all about. Paying off your debts that is until you get pretty far along does limited value of if you lose your job. Also, I, I paying off your debts is about freedom, not not like you know not being homeless if you get lose your job. <laughs> it's yeah. long term freedom, I should say. Sure, I, and I've also I've taken to sort of gamifying this. Uh huh. Um, Very good idea. And I always view the. The increase in a number is a good thing, mm-hmm. whereas the decrease in a number has much less value to me. Mm-hmm. So by saving that money just in my bank account, if I were to take that and just drop it onto a credit card and, That's and another fix way to do that, it. that portion of it, that to me feels like uh, turning in a quest, you know? The problem is psychologically um, there's not a lot. You're a pretty disciplined person. No, no, no. I, I have to trick myself on a lot of you're, occasions you're into making myself do You're weirdly disciplined. Most people have a lot more success. I've just figured success, out how it works. <laughs> lot, most people have a lot more success doing something regularly, yeah. a routine that they always do instead of – Getting a bunch of money together that might burn a hole in their pocket, and then like, sure. well, let's you know, it's like God, we've been working so hard, let's go on vacation, and then yeah, poof. yeah. So, and the you know, motto. There's this one guy, it's Dave Ramsey. He's kind of like a mm, conservative nut job, but he has a phrase that he I does. Re- Hell's Kitchen, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a pharaoh in Egypt, Ramsey. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I actually like his. He says, "You you live like no one else, so you can live like no one else." So I in don't the beginning, even know what that means. when you're debt free, you live like Confucius. a hermit. Like every everything, your pension pennies, you're doing that. Where like the average American is buying new cars and doing all this stuff. Mm, but then know. at the end, while all these people are up to their eyeballs in debt and leverage, and they can't do anything, you are buying stuff with cash debt and you are, money. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, in your 30s and 40s, you can really start enjoying that fruit. So your 20s mm. are going to be maybe a little bit leaner than your peers, but you're going to eventually. See that's the that's them. the shit into the stick there though because in your twenties man you want to live it up. Well, I'm not saying not live it up. I'm saying that like live it up and save ten percent of your income. 
<laughs> you can do that. You can do that. Sure. I've blown a lot of money on stupid shit. And you've also gone through periods of life where you, you – I, mean, I know you have spent like half years at a time doing nothing because you're too fucking broke. That's true. So it's and, like and, that's no fun. And I, <laughs> I and I'm constantly saving towards my next period of being of doing nothing. Right. You know, but like you also have very low debt load and you have no kids yeah, and no spouse. Yeah. So it's like you can get away with that. Sure. And that's a lifestyle choice to make. So I it, um my my suggestion is to gamify it if you can. Yeah. I, I like uh talk to Jane McBeer goggles and see what she has to say about debt Jane McGoggles. Gamifying your debt. Uh yeah, I like that idea. I do that with fitness. I do that with yeah. diet. I do that with money. And I'm horrible at actually balancing my checkbook. I actually, because I'm a developer, I wrote a program to, because I'm the type of guy that would like, you know, I go online, I check my balance. Oh, I got this much money. Um, well, that would fuck you every once in a while because you forget about the check you wrote. You forgot about the bill that's <laughs> yeah. recurring. I actually wrote a program to where basically all you need, you have to ch- balance your checkbook. You just have to get your day, your today's balance plug it in and it will actually tell you you know how much real money you have because it takes into account the checks that you all you have to do is basically input one time your bills mm-hmm. and you any check you write you just put in there and if you're like me okay. i hardly write checks at all anymore because oh, it's all no. online I haven't so i think it's, it's 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 better than like quicken or any of that for the modern geek that doesn't balance a checkbook and doesn't write checks and has a bunch of recurring payments set up or an e-payment it works really well i think what would be by the time this cast release, I'm going to try to package that up and make it like an open source program. Oh, because it's oh. really kept me from in the early stages, especially bouncing checks and not foreseeing that oh, next month I need to save this up because I've got this payment coming. Yeah, yeah. I've got I got two thousand dollars in my account now, but my car payment's going to hit, my mortgage payment, and my rent. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Anyway, I'm spent on this topic. I've always been spent on this topic (laughs) (laughs) we need to save on this topic jim (laughs) oh you're right uh got no feedback because this is an evergreen cast yep we have we there was no cast before it and there's no cast really after it's a it's an entity unto itself so instead uh get ready for an acapella version of one silent night i don't know uh those song choices could not be further apart (laughs) mbop mbop I heard Hanson on the radio the other day. Did they have some new shit? No, they had oh. some old shit. I, I just, I still have a crush on the girl in that band. <laughs> Which one? She's so cute, the drummer. <laughs> oh, the drummer. Oh, she's so. See, cute. I like the uh, the little bassist guy. Yeah, she had good or the, the big bassist guy, I guess. Sweet ass too. <laughs> God. She got off the I'm waiting day. for you to wrap this shit up. Oh, I know you are. No, it's I like know. it's like the elephant in the room. He's standing right there in the corner. It's like the camel in the room. Oh. He's standing there drinking from my air conditioner. <laughs> uh, drinking his life's blood. Yeah. You're gonna, all just, right. You're gonna let it happen? I guess I'll end it. I guess. I'm going to spill some water all over this mixer, and then we can end the podcast. All right. Well, so the next white, hot noise you hear in your ear will be the death of our mixer. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao. All right. Are we ready? Fuck yeah. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> did you just Macarena that? I, I did. Oh, I my did. God. It's better than Rick rolling him. Hey, hey, hey. It's blue. That's what we need to do. We need to take a different theme from a show each time.
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Blue yonder. No, doesn't work. I like it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Blue yonder. Bald move. <laughs> All right. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's what our audience is saying. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay, so we're we gonna start the show. Yeah. Start the show. Evergreen.